Hey, it's Travis, and welcome to Marketing Unboxed. This is kind of a bonus episode. Uh, typically, we like to publish publish our podcasts uh, every other week. Uh, it's a bi-weekly podcast, but the week of October 11th uh, of 2021 was HubSpot's inbound conference that Allie and I both attended. We're both HubSpot partners, and a lot of great stuff came out of that. And we thought, hey, let's let's share some of our biggest takeaways and any trends that we saw as we attended. Uh, for, for people who, who may not have been able to attend or maybe attended and and want to uh, have a little bit of a flashback and and uh, revisit some of the things that maybe they 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 took out, took away from it as well. So sit back, enjoy, and and uh, hopefully you learn a few things to take take with you uh, in in the upcoming week. So today we are talking about inbound, and for those of you that don't know what inbound is, it is one of my favorite conferences. I think it's one of the biggest marketing conferences in the world, actually. But unfortunately, due to COVID, it was online this year, which was actually, it, w- it was wonderful. A lot of people got to attend that maybe didn't regularly attend. Uh, I think Travis, this was your first inbound. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, the online experience is, is the only thing that you know, but as a general um, sense, we're both HubSpot partners and just love this time of year to be able to see what's new in the product. And then, you know, really just kind of geek out on like different topics and, and trends and insights. So... Today, we're going to talk about our favorite takeaways. And if you weren't there, I would love to plug some sessions that you can still go get the recordings and check them out. So Travis, what was your favorite, you know, the session or takeaway? Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, there were so many, so many good ones. It's kind of hard to nail one down. I think probably the one that, that really stood, stood with me, it actually inspired me to record a, a podcast after. Uh, for the Winding Road, my other podcast, and that was Oprah Winfrey's closing keynote. And uh, you know, maybe you associate her with with marketing, but she talked about in, in being intentional. She talked about how her in her career, how she got tripped up sometimes, and especially early on. And you just think someone's successful; they just you know, it was easy for them. It, it wasn't the case. And some of the things she kind of mentioned are things that I'm kind of going through now. So it was nice to relate to that. She talked about legacy. Um, and, and I thought that was interesting. Uh, how her, her concept of legacy was tied to one thing or one event. And she ended up talking with Maya Angelou about it afterwards, who said, no, that's not, that <laughs> probably isn't going to be your legacy. And you don't know what your legacy is. And it's, you know, all the lives you touch is going to be your legacy, not one thing. So that stood out to me. And then really her talk about the third law of physics and what that meant to her and, and how it kind of became her mantra. And that law is that basically it, from a non-physics standpoint, if you give out to the world, you'll receive equal or or greater back in return. How about you? What was your favorite one? Yeah, I, I mean, I really enjoy Oprah. I love I love learning from anybody who is has achieved great success, and it's not they don't make it about themselves. I mean, mm-hmm. I, a lot of what she had learned was the importance of saying no, which I think we've heard from most people. One of my favorite authors, Andy Stanley, he writes a lot of like leadership and also like Christian leadership stuff. But he says the more famous that you get, the more that you need to like, you know, basically guard your time 
because you can't do for one person what you used to do for all people. Mm. So that's why, you know, when you write books like you're doing yourself, you can impact more people, but it's not in the same way. And so for her, the part that I couldn't relate to is being able to say no to Stevie Wonder. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know that, like, hmm, I'm not sure who that would be. No, Seth Godin, I can meet with you next <laughs> week. Like, I don't think that I'm at the point where I'd say that yet. But but for me, I think that the, the most impactful session from a learning standpoint was, oh gosh, now I'm forgetting, forgetting her name. She's, she works for Atlassian. She's their content, one of their content thought leadership strategists. And she led just a powerful, powerful session on helping executives essentially drive the voice of the company and the, and the thought leadership. And it's, it's literally more than executive has something to say. Let's post it on LinkedIn. Like, mm-hmm. I think that there's, there's somewhat of a misunderstanding, especially in the executive level of, okay, marketers, like help us get our word out there, help us establish our expertise. And the thing that she said in that session was, you cannot have a point of view and an expertise as a company if you don't have the humans behind the company with the expertise sharing mm-hmm. that. Exactly. And that's probably paraphrasing, but I think if you watched, like if you looked at Twitter at that time when she was speaking, I mean, it she had a question and answer session that was probably 30 minutes long. And it was just, you and I were talking earlier about the importance of live video and how it demonstrates someone is an expert when they're not following a script. Man, it, her name's Ashley Faust. So that's what it is. Ashley was just like bringing up questions and answering them and bringing up questions and answering them. And you could tell there was so much rich knowledge that she had about how to grow a thought leadership program and thread a specific expertise through all of a thought leader or like an executive's content in a way that feels consistent, feels like not scripted, but it feels strategic. And yet at the same time, they get known for something. So Mm -hmm. that was just that even afterward, we did a debrief with our team and that was definitely up there with one of the most um, effective and entertaining as well sessions. So, yeah. Did you happen to go to any of the sessions that were specific about, you know, HubSpot features and and spotlights and kind of what's coming up? Yes. Uh, Some, some of that, especially around operations, you know, I feel like, and I'm not sure what past inbounds were like since this was my first, but felt like there was uh, an emphasis on operations this year. And so I did, I did go to that and, and some of the, the more, the, the sessions with executives and things like that. And so, yeah, it sounds like, and from that combined with talking to my account manager at HubSpot, there's a lot of cool things that they're doing and, and how they're shifting with that, especially when it comes to kind of changing a little bit about how, you know, they, they were so focused on inbound early on and now it's switching to flywheel and, and more operations focused and, and kind of evolving as they should with the way marketing's evolving. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I don't know if you've noticed this as you've been helping folks with, with HubSpot, but we know I've noticed this at, you know tremendously over the last six to 12 months is because HubSpot now plays in several different playgrounds and solves a variety of smaller problems that lead up to a general, like the general problem is grow your company, more revenue, happier customers, right? That's very, very, very high level. But at a very, very tactical level, it's like, oh, they have a chat feature that can feed mm-hmm. into our support tickets. Oh, and so then people come into the company or the software at so many different touch points that mm-hmm. then once they get in, they're like, 
whoa, like what is going on in here? There is so much (laughs) stuff that now I'm instantly overwhelmed. So we're finding a lot more opportunity in helping just educate around what does a proper marketing education journey look like for a customer? What does it actually look like to integrate with customer service? So things just, it's not as easy as like, let's launch an inbound campaign. <laughs> yeah. and, and I think that's both good and bad, but you know, they've, they've, they've quickly, they've quickly moved upstream away from being compared to the MailChimps of the world. And mm-hmm. now we're definitely in the, we've got a pretty complex product that people need to really understand to get the most out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's where the operations piece comes in is, is how do you customize and engineer the experience before it happens, right? And understand that journey. How are people going to come, come through this? What are the touch points? What are the other options? What are, what's their behavior? What do they want? And then how do you build with that in mind? How do you connect everything? Um, because, you know, with, with customer service and sales and marketing uh, and operations, it's all there in HubSpot, all connected uh, for a reason, right? Yeah, so, definitely. so yeah. Cool. What are some other, did you notice any other trends, not specific sessions, but trends and like things people were talking about? I don't know if it was as much of a trend as much as just some, uh, something that will be impacting email marketing. And, and that's the iOS 15 mm-hmm. update. And how that's going to affect open rates, which I think were, really weren't a good indicator of success and engagement anyway. So that's, you know, I don't think it's as big of a deal, but something to definitely keep on the radar. So that, that, that was something that I heard several times, especially in, in one Jay Schwedelson's uh, uh, discussion on email. He talked about that a little bit. Yeah. He's one of my favorite presenters. Um, he was great. Just, yeah. He's comical. He's very down to earth. He's not afraid to poke fun at himself. And he's just also super quick witted. Mm-hmm. So the, the session, the part where he, where he brought to light that he had no idea what the peach emoji actually meant to most people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you don't know what the peach emoji means and you're listening, just Google it and use the urban <laughs> dictionary because you may be using it wrong. Let's just yeah, say that. Exactly. But yeah, I liked the email focus. I mean, we do email through HubSpot. I think one of the things that's a personal passion of mine is is LinkedIn, especially for B2B marketing. Mm-hmm. And I noticed several sessions about like social and LinkedIn specifically and like tying that, you know, to your HubSpot. But the session that was just so that email one was really great. The thought leadership was great. This one was called LinkedIn Organic versus Paid. I don't know if you went to that one. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't. I think um, it was at the same time. As one, it was just, it was, it was really, really well executed. So if you happen to be hosting a panel on a webinar, like go and watch this video because it's an excellent example of how to interview the people, have some activities, keep it engaging and fun. Mm-hmm. And because I think sometimes you get into a panel and it's like question person, question asked, person answers, question asked. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of like boring and predictable. So what they did was they had a, a a moderator in the middle, and then a paid ads person on the left, and then an organic person on the right. So the paid ads uh, person was AJ Wilcox. He is just the the expert when it comes to LinkedIn ads. Like he is kind of the guy. And then uh, Michaela Alexis, who, yeah, she's she's pretty um, popular on LinkedIn. She started really as kind of a LinkedIn voice, and now she works for LinkedIn. And then Judy Fox, who does uh, social media and and marketing consulting as her own business, was the moderator. But they did a part in the in the moder- or the panel where they, they said hot or not. <laughs> so what do you think about this? Is our articles hot or not? 
And it was literally like the difference of opinions between the paid ads person and the organic person that was very interesting. <laughs> the things that everybody agreed on were repurposing TikTok videos on LinkedIn seems to be a pretty hot thing and they work pretty well. So that assumes, as you, you and I talked about earlier, you have to be creative to create a TikTok video. Mm. You're not just recording yourself talking. Yeah. So it, it kind of like requires this new level of, of creativity. And then the thing that still is very hot is talking to people like they're a person and not just like, you know, standing on the corner with a megaphone, spewing content out to the LinkedIn universe. Like, I think that's mm -hmm. kind of a given, but there's still far too much of that going on on the yeah. platform. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's interesting that <clears throat> you mentioned kind of a question and answer because I really liked Marcus Sheridan's presentation about seven uh, steps to creating trusted content. And it kind of, I think it followed the framework of his book. They, they ask you answer, which I have in my cart and Amazon to, <laughs> to get. And, and it reminded me of, of something that I, I've seen Christopher Penn do in the past. You know, the first time I was introduced to it, Christopher Penn did it to me. And I was in, I think like the daily carnage Facebook group community. And I asked a question and he saw it went out, created a video answering my question and then put it back into the, the chat. And then like, it was like him talking to me, answering my question. It was great. And then he puts that stuff out yeah, in his own. Yeah, he puts it out for greater. Yeah. 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 And I actually happened to be, last week was nuts because not only was there inbound, but I was also trying to, to juggle the marketing profs B2B forum happening at the same time, virtual. <laughs> and so I, popped in and saw him in, in a, uh, a, a session there and, and he was really engaged in the chat. And then he puts out a weekly email newsletter that I get and, and it comes out on Saturday, I think, or over the weekend, Sunday. And I read it and in there, he was talking about kind of a, uh, what he's been doing for content is kind of along those lines, but now he's been in so many virtual conferences that, He's just been going in and really paying attention to the Q and A section and basically oh, yeah. copying questions, putting them in a Google doc and then going back and like creating content around those questions. And so I screenshotted all of the <clears throat> questions in the sessions that I was in and down. That's funny. Like <laughs> nice. I had no idea he did that, but the, I did that. I, I thought the same thing. I, I think that's huge. Yeah. And I did it this morning. There's of course another conference cause October is not finished yet. So let's <laughs> squeeze in some more, uh, but the demand conference is going on right now. And, and I was in the opening keynote that was done by April Dunford, who I love. I love her oh, stuff. I like her too, yeah. And so, yeah, I was copying and pasting the, the Q&A there about positioning. And, uh, yeah, I plan to hop into those from time to time since one of our upcoming guests is going to be uh, on there. Mm -hmm. Kyle, Kyle Lacey is going to be on with Dave yeah. Gerhardt around noon today. So, cool. so yeah, I'll be, I'll be copying and pasting questions <laughs> and creating content. Yeah, since, I have a, since there is no muse. There's a, it's probably maybe a year old, but I have an article on LinkedIn that I, I think it, I don't remember the title of it. I'll have to put it in the show notes for this, but it was something about like, you should never have boring B2B content. Here's all of the places you could go to find inspiration. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the Q&A of webinars is one. I love reading book reviews on, on Amazon. Mm -hmm. So like go and find the books that everyone loves, find out what they talk about and then create content around that. YouTube comments are like the best, like one, they're super entertaining sometimes, <laughs> but two people do ask questions because 
this is really bad to say this, but I think sometimes people are too lazy to Google the answer. They just mm. want you to tell them. Yeah. And so you're like, okay, I will just own all of your headspace <laughs> and I'll see <laughs> to the questions. So I, I think sometimes we make content out to be this, this really gigantic strategic project when mm. sometimes the momentum, like you're, you're talking about just the momentum of getting going. Yeah. You don't have to be the most amazing strategic is if you have three months of questions, then you can start being strategic to drive more strategic traffic, you know? Mm. So I think that's great. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that's a great point of just get going because like we talked with Nate Guja about a, a couple months ago in, in writing every day. And I think if you create content on a regular basis, the ideas just start forming and you mm. no longer have to really rely on, on having a, that's, you know, going out and digging, digging through stuff. Mm. But, but it is good to have that kind of practice of, going out, having places to look, finding new questions, finding trending questions as well. Cause you can start to see some trends starting to form and you know, the best content is, is helpful. And, uh, and if it's got a research, uh, bend to it to where you had, you went out and gathered some sources and, and pulled, pulled things together. That's, that's very valuable content. So. Yeah. Well, and even like we are just all of the generations right now, especially, you know, that I have a son in high school, but <laughs> <laughs> We're just predispositioned to think that we can find the answer by looking for whatever question we have. Mm -hmm. So he, he's out in a field and he's hunting with his friends. He runs over something, some piece of steel. I don't know. He gets a flat tire. And keep in mind, he's in the middle of nowhere. So there's literally like no cell phone service. But he thinks he's going to Google how to change a tire. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, okay, yes, that's good. But right now you cannot do that. <laughs> so, you know, he, he had to read the manual. And obviously like someone came and helped him because I was like, this is not good. But uh, we do like if the toilet breaks or if the, it's not just B2B content, we, mm -hmm. we do think that we can answer everything with with how we search for our questions. So I, I think that that's a, if you didn't, only advise clients to do that approach. I think they'll get much farther than trying to write the best article mm -hmm. about XYZ. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and I think you don't have to be for everyone either, right? Mm -hmm. If if a small number of people find it useful, yes, perfect, right? Like yeah. I I just googled to watch a video because I didn't want to read about it. How to remove a, a well established shrub so I could plant a new one in its place. Cause I'm like, this seems difficult. This thing seems very entrenched in this spot. Doesn't want to leave, Yeah. but I want to plant something right where it is. I don't want to hire somebody like, am I going to need to like get a bobcat or pulling this thing out or can I do it? You know? So, yeah. so that's, that's something I'm, I'm researching right now. Yeah. Well, and you, well, you also are probably thinking like, I don't want to plant it there and then it dies because there isn't enough room for its roots to go down, yeah. you know? So I, I can only imagine like what your Google string looks like yeah. after you've <laughs> done all exactly. that searching. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. yeah I'm, a, cool. I'm a plant nerd. So that's, that's the yeah. kind of stuff that I, I Google. Nice. So I thought one thing that, I don't know if you tried to do this, but there was a, there was a HubSpot meetup. So most of the virtual conferences that I have attended in the last year have been kind of like a, it's just an open area and then they come on the screen and they go off. Well, mm -hmm. because HubSpot's this mammoth company, they are a marketing tech by default. They created their own, you know, like virtual area. So you could do virtual networking with your little avatar. <laughs> <laughs> but, but literally all that happened was my avatar just like ran into a bunch of walls, walked, <laughs> walked through people. I never, I never actually could figure out how to connect with someone. I could figure out how to block them. Like, <laughs> don't talk to me. 
but I couldn't figure out how to actually network. So I, I ended up putting in the chat, Hey, this isn't working for me. Not sure if it's anybody else. If anybody wants to connect, here's my zoom link. And so actually I had someone from the LinkedIn Academy jump over to my zoom link and we had a one-on-one conversation, which was much better than my avatar trying to talk to the other avatar. (laughs) But I think we're still pretty far away from trying to mimic the in-person benefits of networking. Mm-hmm. I just, I was at a conference with a client in San Diego a month ago and man, Travis, I forgot how just awesome it is to spend time with other people in a mm-hmm. business setting and so much of the unscripted ideas and connections mm-hmm. that happen. And I, you're just not going to have to have that on a virtual conference, unfortunately. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm, I'm looking forward to in-person coming back soon. So was that the avatar with the little hat? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I spent way too much time trying to get my head, the <laughs> image sized perfectly to fit with the hat. I mean, but I'm a hat guy. And so it was bothering me that it was, wasn't lining up. <laughs> I would love to see how many people uploaded multiple photos on their avatar. Like what were the data points that suggest <laughs> right. that we spent way too much time trying to make our face look like it belonged on the avatar? Exactly. Yeah. Because my hair is very big. And so the hair wasn't quite fitting where the hat should have been. And it was just a mess. <laughs> so yeah, then I ran into walls. So it didn't really work out that well. Exactly. Probably because your hair is too big. I know. Yeah, it's, it's a problem. So, well, well, what are you what are you going to do with some of the stuff that you learned? What are your action items? It sounds like you've already uh, created a good amount of content. Yeah, yeah. I think um, yeah, we were mis- talking right before I think I hit record that after after a podcasting uh, session with uh, John Lee Dumas and then following Oprah's mm-hmm. inspirational talk, I fired up. Uh, audacity and, and press record and, and cranked out four podcast episodes for the winding road within three days. Nice. <laughs> so, nice. so yeah, it's gotten me back in that creative content, uh, mode that I've, I've been missing since May really. So how, how about you? Yeah, that's cool. So I'm a, a note junkie from a, like when I have a conference, I use Evernote and I make sure to tag the things that like tag them by the conference, tag them by the topic, but then I go back through and just kind of, what do I want to share with the team right now? And what do I want to kind of hold on to and, and kind of lead out as we go forward? Cause I've, I don't know if you've ever worked for someone who they go to a one day conference and they come back and want to change everything. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so I don't want that to happen, but I do think the, the immediate takeaways that we are, we are working on is that podcasting session was excellent. And I think the thing that really, really just jumped out to me is we are producing a client's podcast and we're not, we're not getting them on nearly as many podcasts as guests Mm -hmm. as they need to really to drive. Like we're getting great, like the listenership's great. The engagement's really good, good guests, but they've, I think their availability is, is, you know, kind of preventing some of that from happening, but we're going to press the pedal down to the metal on that for the next quarter. So Mm. that's kind of my, my takeaway. So nice. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of that podcast uh, uh, session, one of the things that John Lee Dumas mentioned was, and it kind of just really is important to to keep in mind about finding your audience and, and meeting them where they are. Mm-hmm. Yep. He said, podcast listeners listen to podcasts. And it seems I, obvious. I wrote that same thing down. I was like, duh. <laughs> yeah. So duh. yeah. If you want to promote your podcast, go on other podcasts because that's where the listeners are. So uh, I'm going to be trying to get on podcast now and be yeah. intentional. Take take Oprah's word for it and, and go be yeah. intentional about getting oh, more people. Oprah plus John Lee Dumas equals <laughs> Travis next month. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And yeah, just 
yeah, ring lights and and microphones for the next month and a half. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I think the I think the hard thing about content sometimes is this idea that you got to be everywhere because there, mm-hmm. there is some of that. Like Gary Vaynerchuk in the whole like I got to be on every channel. Mm-hmm. But really, I think John's the way that John Lee Dumas like simply answered that or addressed that because the question I think was something like, "Should your podcast be a be a video?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, and his his response was. I know my audience and my audience is busy entrepreneurs that only have 15 to 20 minutes to get to their office. So they're listening to the podcast on the way to wherever they're going. They're not going to stop and watch a video. So I don't really want to have this. What would the word be looking for? Like, I don't want to be tied to a video Mm -hmm. when that's not even the place that people engage with my content. Exactly. Yeah. That, that stood out to me as well. And and I think I had, had reached out to you, uh, a week or two ago about LinkedIn live and, and doing video. And, um, and then as I thought about it, I started to get overwhelmed like, Oh, <laughs> now video. And now I got to commit to that and be consistent and put it out on a certain day and chop it up and put that out every day. And it's like, Oh man, I don't know if, if I, I'm ready starting this new business to mm-hmm. with two podcasts to go down that. But when he said that it made me feel better about, Hey, audio only is just fine. You know, mm-hmm. There's an audience of people. I mean, millions of people listen to podcasts. So I'm cool just sticking to that right now. Yeah. And I do notice that it wasn't in that session. It was in a different session. And people have said this before. Podcasting is really the only medium that's a, what did they call it? It's like a something and medium where you can work and listen or drive Mm -hmm. and listen. Like, yeah you shouldn't drive and watch a video, <laughs> exactly. but you know, and, and you can't, if I'm working on like a copywriting article, like I can't listen to a podcast, mm-hmm. but if I happen to be, you know, loading projects into our project management system, yeah, I can listen to a podcast while I'm doing that. Cause it's not the same type of mental space, but yeah, podcasting still, I think is a, is a more of a passive medium that allows you to subliminally hear that, uh, that voice, which also you know, promotes trust and familiarity and all of that mm. kind of stuff. So exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I listen to podcasts when I'm on the grass or riding my Peloton or out for a run, you know, that's, mm-hmm. that's podcast time, you know? Yeah. So definitely cool. Well, I think that, you know, if you haven't attended inbound and you wanted to go get some of the sessions, I think if you just had to join.inbound.com, you can get a chance to, to purchase a, I'm not sure if it's still up. I guess that's a good question to answer. I would be surprised if you can't purchase. But anyway, it is every year around September, October. Like they'll announce the dates here probably shortly if they haven't already. I mean, my hope is next year it's going to be in person. Yeah, that would be great. Yes. That would be great. When 40,000 marketers descend upon <laughs> the city of Boston. Yes, it is. It is a good time. <laughs> Craziness will ensue. So that wraps up this week's show. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to learn more about today's topic or guest, we've got some links for you provided over in the show notes. And don't forget to subscribe to the show and share your review. That really helps others find the show and get into their network as well. So until next time, I'm Allie. And I'm Travis. And remember, when you get outside of your comfort zone, it just means you're headed in the right direction. Keep an open mind and keep learning. And we're out.